0: Hola, Betty, an Ugly Betty podcast. It's uh, Ola. No,
1: there's an H in it. Ola Betty fans, welcome to another episode of Ola Betty. Um, I'm your host, Tony, and as always, I've got my very good friend, Ben, hosting with me. How are you doing today, Ben?
0: Hola, guys. Um, I'm good. How are you, Tony?
1: Yeah, not too bad. I'm excited to be back to review the third episode of Ugly Betty in Season 1, which is Queen's For A Day. How are you feeling about this episode?
0: Uh, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I had more notes than I realised in my little... Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown style notepad. So uh yeah, I'm feeling good about this yourself?
1: Yeah, same, same. I managed to uh keep the notes down to a minimum and like the very first episode. So we um, Yeah,
0: sorry guys, we are sorry, but we like to talk. <laughs>
1: yeah. Unfortunately, and we yeah, we seem to make a lot of notes all the times, but uh you're just gonna have to deal with it, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: embrace your inner Wilhelmina Tony <laughs>
1: <laughs> always I always embrace my inner Wilhelmina <laughs> or even Mark and Amanda if I'm of, not p- feeling particularly devilish
0: of course of course
1: <laughs> cool so do you want to kick us off
0: yeah let's start um and we'll go into our analysis of episode three queens for a day mm-hmm. So the episode starts with betty uh unable to get into a party um and yeah amanda manages to walk straight up to the front of the queue and goes straight in so already betty is still being judged on her looks and it's not even just in the workplace now it's out in society too
1: yeah yeah i think even amanda says something to her a little bit later doesn't she that uh you know if you can't get past the dog guy. I then you're at a loss basically because they only care about looks
0: yeah it, it speaks volumes of the circles that the the, the uh, mode staff operate in and uh, socialize with and uh, it comes as no surprise um but i feel bad for betty you know i mean come on she's there to do a job
1: yeah exactly but obviously that this uh, this bodyguard or doorman even is just not believing that she works for a place like mode disease so um and you know amanda's not going to admit to knowing betty either is she i mean let's be fair
0: not after torturing the bunny in the previous episode she isn't no no
1: no and she she gloats doesn't she as she goes past you can see in her face she doesn't say anything to betty but you can see that little gloating there yeah she takes great
0: satisfaction as if to say "Ha ha."
1: exactly i'm hearty or not type thing
0: so The episode continues when we cook to the Suarez household over in Queens where Walter and Justin are playing on a dance mat can i just say what a throwback right there
1: yeah if you weren't gonna say something i totally was oh my god i used to love my dance mat i think i've still got mine somewhere
0: like uh old school but so much fun so much fun so betty comes home and finds them um playing together And she's like, you know, Walter, we aren't dating anymore. Why are you here?
1: Yeah. And he's got the audacity as well to question where she's been and why she was at the party. Uh, I don't think you're in any position to do that, Walter, if I'm completely honest. You're the one that cheated on her. What do you think you're doing?
0: Like... (laughs) You know there's times when I actually really feel for Walter because you know I think every guy's been Walter at some point, but then at the same time it's behavior like this that just makes me think, you know what better you are, so much better off without this loser,
1: yeah, and then he tries to get her to forgive him as well, oh. To be honest, Walter, you know, you did the dirty on her. Why on earth should she forgive you? And so fast as well, like.
0: With Gina Gambaro, the old slut. (laughs) (laughs) To bring that back from the last episode, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, the old slut, the old hoochie mama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was all this is going on. Inside the party, um, Wilhelmina talks to Daniel and Bradford and, you know, she makes the point of telling Daniel that his brother would have been proud and, you know, Daniel's like, well, Alex is a tough act to follow, you know, he knows he's got some big shoes to fill, but yet again we get this reference to the brother and I'm, you know, re-watching this, I'm just like, God, how obvious did they make this mystery and we just didn't pick up on it
1: yeah um i mean i i put down here that this was clearly foreshadowing to later events with you know because why was wilhelmina bringing up alex you know if she if there wasn't something you know like alternate motive then
0: yeah we we should we should have known that she was up to something like why would she make small pleasantries with the meads you know
1: yeah exactly and and to bring up alex of um of all things but um but i noticed quite a lot in this episode that alex was mentioned so it was yes. just building and building and building wasn't it
0: I, I guess we kind of had the wool pulled over our eyes because there's still so much of the fey plot in there and it's just presented in such a way to throw us off
1: well yeah because it, it was you know sort of typical telenovela of style of how they introduced um alexis later on really wasn't it because we were never gonna like think of that i mean sure, i definitely wasn't gonna think oh well that's who the mask lady was
0: <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um Not for a moment so back in queens justin's asking betty about the club and you know he's like reviewing mode magazine and you know You can see that Betty's a bit awkward and, you know, Hilda talks to Betty and I find this conversation really sad between the two sisters.
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, um, just to go back to Justin for a second, he's clearly not getting sort of like the the vibes of Betty as he He just keeps pushing, Mm -hmm. pushing. Well, what was this like? What was that like? Clearly not getting the message. Well, you know, Betty Obviously didn't get into that party, right. but she doesn't want to admit it but but Hilda knows she you know as soon as Justin goes then um you know she knows that uh she didn't get into that party, and she makes the comment that those places aren't for people like us
0: and that's such a shame you know that Hilda's kind of accepted this us and them kind of mentality and you know yeah. that that because of image or because of wealth that mm-hmm. you know they are lesser people and don't deserve the same luxuries in life i find that really sad
1: yeah i do especially this day and age as well sort of upper class and lower class is like kind of like well come on now or you know working class it's like we're, we're kind of beyond those days but again it's just always one of those things that are just gonna clearly still be around for a long long time isn't it so um mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, I think Hilda has definitely just accepted the fact well, you know, they're rich, you're not. They, you know, their appearance means everything, you know, they're the pretty people, and unfortunately, you're not.
0: So, Hilda talks then a little about her Herbalux career and her confidence, and, you know, she tells Betty she really needs to change and I think a lot of this episode is about confidence but at this point you know Hilda's really reinforcing that belief that image is everything
1: yeah yeah, she's very much trying to encourage a makeover here, isn't she? Because she's basically saying, "Well, if you don't change your image, then these people are never going to accept you." And, uh, and again, it's very sad, isn't it, that you'd have to like try and change yourself all for the sake of a job?
0: For, for sure. And you know, I think, I think you know, it, it's it's also kind of ironic because Hilda has such disdain for these people in the fashion industry and that Betty works with. Yeah, Hilda is reinforcing you know this belief that comes from those people you know she she doesn't like the way that they act or how judgmental they are but she plays into the stereotypical role of you have to beat yourself up to be accepted you know she she's indulging in the very thing that she hates
1: yeah and so it kind of I don't know it, it just questions sort of what side she's actually on, doesn't it? Because like you said, she sort of hates those type of people and the way that they, you know, sort of make people like her and Betty feel, but she's still pushing Betty, well, you know, if you want to work there, you're gonna to have to look more like them, do something else with yourself. Just, yeah. yeah.
0: the two sisters are very conflicting like values and ideologies.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So after watching the latest telenovela, Betty stops Ignacio from drinking coffee to make sure he takes his heart pills. And I just wanted to mention this because this is kind of foreshadowing a lot later on. You know, Ignacio's health kind of becomes a recurring plot point of its own as the season come, goes on. And this is kind of the first time it's at the forefront.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think because I think we've had... So- if we had sort of um slight mentions to like
0: With the health hand.
1: insurance yeah that that's right and the meds and stuff wasn't it so um so we've had slight indications towards that but yeah she's um in this episode we clearly, you know see her stopping ignacio from you know in in indulging in those um sort of food and drinks to try and help help
0: his health Absolutely. And, um, you know, Betty and Ignacio's relationship is one I really, really love on this show. It's just so pure. And, you know, it's almost like Betty has to become the parent to Ignacio. Um, yeah, And he knows she's doing the right thing. But he's just like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Trying to downplay it because he doesn't want Betty worrying about him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's sort of typical of parents as well, isn't it? Like, oh, I'm fine. It's okay, You know, there's there's nothing wrong, you know, with me Mm -hmm. having like a cup of coffee. You know, there's nothing wrong with my heart. But, you know, he's just like you said, trying to play that over so she doesn't have to worry because she's got a bit too much to worry about with her job and everything at that point in time so he doesn't want her to you know sort of worry herself about doing this and that and looking after him that he can sort of look after himself.
0: Right so over in mode Wilhelmina tells Bradford that she's got Daniel's back and as this is happening Betty gets in the lift with Amanda and you know she has to explain to Amanda that actually she hadn't been let into the party and you know Amanda makes you know, a mean comment to Betty, um, you know, about being judged on appearance. And, you know, you can really see at this point, Amanda is really gunning for Betty. And, you know, I don't know whether it's envious that Betty got the job or just because of how Betty appears. But, you know, Amanda's quite venomous at this point.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a bit of both, to be honest, because she clearly wanted Betty's job, didn't she? Um, Because she feels like because she's sleeping with Daniel that she clearly should have that um, that assistant job as well because she would be much better at it and she's got the image for it. So I, I think even though she would very clearly not admit that she's envious of Betty, um, just due to the whole image thing, she very clearly is in her position because, she, again, she's been at mode for a while, hasn't she? And she was a bit sort of bitter that um, she didn't get picked for that role when she clearly thinks that she'd be good at it.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So Betty and Daniel then proceed to try and work out why Alex's issues of the magazine Hudson were so popular. Um, Whilst doing this, Daniel asks Betty to schedule a meeting. Now, Betty suggests to Daniel about working with um, someone called Bianchi Now, Daniel is very quick to say that Bianchi won't work with Me Publications due to a massive feud that he had with his late brother, Alex. Um, And as this is going on, Wilhelmina and Mark are plotting revenge on uh, Daniel once again, trying to, you know, make him look bad. So there's a lot of setup here in this small handful of scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, um, again, like you said, uh, Betty is trying to suggest, well, that, you know, this um, photographer is is great and we should try and get him. Daniel, you know, sort of shuts that down um, because of the whole food with Alex. But, you know, Betty claims that Daniel isn't Alex, that, you know, so why on earth can't they just give it a go and see how, how they get on? But he clearly doesn't listen to to that because he thinks that there's no chance
0: yeah right I mean because Daniel is so you know convinced that he's walking in his brother's shadow even in death you know what I mean you know he feels like mm. he can't match up so you know if Alex couldn't win this guy over how could he possibly do it And but it's like you know have a little faith you know you aren't your brother
1: yeah, and, and you'd think as well, um, I don't know whether, once again, it's about image or class or whatever, but you'd think that um, looking at Daniel, that he would have a lot more confidence than he does. Right. But he clearly has a lot of issues just due to you know being overshadowed by Alex his whole life up until his death. Well, even in death, actually, you Mm know, Bradford clearly thinks that Alex was the better son.
0: Yeah. And I think I think this is where we really start to get an insight into Daniel's personality in this episode and why he behaves in the obnoxious ways he does. Because, you know, we learn more about that relationship with Alex. We learn more about his fractured relationship with Bradford. And then obviously later in the season, we learn about his relationship with his mother. And you know there's a lot of reason for Daniel to feel so insecure about himself,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: so I, I think this is the first episode that really kind of yeah he'd had nice moments towards Betty, but I feel like this episode was the one that really begun to start uh humanizing him as a character,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, you know is because his his relationship with Betty is progressing that you know that he you know clearly feels comfortable now with her being his assistant and they have like a friendship there but you also see um that side to him where he's less confident because of you know his fractured relationship with his his family and people not thinking that he's good enough so he's he's definitely being more humanized in in this episode and going forward
0: So we go into a bit of mystery now as Bradford once again meets with his PI asking where Faye's car wreckage is. And it's at this point, it's revealed that the steering had been tampered with on Faye's car. (gasps) What is Mr. Reed up to? What is he up to? And then as if it wasn't enough mystery, We have Wilhelmina meeting with the mass woman once again to discuss how they can wreck the relationship between Daniel and Bradford. Like, these two are a real mean pair. Like, they don't like the Meads.
1: No, and I wonder why. Why don't they like
0: them? (laughs) I just can't. I just can't guess. I feel like, you know, in several episodes' time, I might have a better idea. (laughs)
1: Yeah, definitely
0: don't see where this one is going. So we then go back to mode and Daniel and Betty are working over a Chinese meal. But Daniel tells Betty that he doesn't live up to Alex and talks about how close, you know, Alex was to Bradford. And as you mentioned, you know, he says that every dad has a favourite and for Bradford, it was Alex. And Betty's reaction to this is like, well, my dad doesn't to which she immediately then goes home and asks Hilda if Ignacio does have a favourite and both sisters think the other is his favourite. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, so just to remind a little bit then about Daniel's um, conversation there um, and saying that, again, that he doesn't live up to Alex. And he actually say, says, I think, that uh, you know Alex should be the one they run in the magazine um, because he would have clearly had the mind um to to do it, and he would have you know known what the the magazine needs, I think um so yeah, he goes into a bit more detail then about um his relationship with his father and Alex's relationship with their father um because they talk about the ball game that they go to every year, and um you know they Bradford always took alex and That's and weird. never him, and even after Alex died, he still didn't even bother to even ask Daniel when Daniel thought well now that Alex is gone maybe he would ask me yeah so again there's that overshadowing that even in death Alex is still there to haunt him
0: for sure for sure Alex, Alex is definitely a lingering specter over Daniel but you know Bradford certainly helps to reinforce that
1: well yeah exactly because well Bradford is always there and he's always sort of hurrying Daniel down really isn't he i i think in the last episode um we saw that there was you know something um a little bit different there that when um
0: uh... oh yes brad bradford was proud of uh daniel for admitting the truth um about the balls up with the um with the natalie whitman photos
1: yes thank you sorry i had a complete mind blank there <laughs> Um, yeah so you think oh okay maybe you're starting to trust Daniel then but I think in this episode you can still see this strained
0: yeah strained relationship
1: sure. uh,
0: and then interesting that both Betty and Hilda think that the other is the favorite of Ignatio for very different reasons
1: mm. yeah because Hilda clearly thinks that Betty is the favorite because Betty um, is the the youngest um, and she was, you know, she always had good grades and things like that. So even though she didn't have the looks, um, you know, she she still had, I guess, everything the Hilda didn't, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I guess because Betty got picked on a lot, I think that was why sort of Ignacio, you know, maybe just wanted to protect her.
0: You know, people say that you shouldn't say it, but that all parents do have a favourite Honestly, I genuinely, hand on heart, feel that Ignacio loves them both equally. Like, to me, yeah, he is pr- more protective of Betty, but I've never seen anything that would make me say he loves Betty more than Hilda or vice versa. I think he genuinely loves them girls both to pieces.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I think the same as well. I think, you know, he, um, like you said, is more protective of a petty and I think he sort of, you know, fusses over her a bit more and sort of maybe talks about her that bit more as well. And like, you know, Hilda obviously just grasps well clearly. Loves Bertie more than me, but I, yeah, I don't think it would even enter into Ignacio's head to even.
0: Not at all. I mean, he knows Hilda is strong, he knows she's a good mother, he knows she can handle herself. You know, there's a lot of love for both of them there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think you, um, hammered the nail on the head there as well that you know Hilda is more headstrong I think so she's you know like you said he she can sort of look after herself a bit more so even though she got like sort of pregnant at a young age like she knows how to handle herself like she's got that bit more of a feisty attitude
0: I I think I think with I think with Ignacio he kind of knows that you know he's like the head of the family and I think in that regard, he sees Hilda as the successor because he knows she will be strong enough to protect the family when he's gone. Mm. Yeah. Especially yeah. since the death of Betty's mother as well.
1: Mm. Exactly. And because, I guess, Hilda is already a mother, so she's already got that sort of...
0: Parental um, instinct.
1: Yes, exactly. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so she's already got yeah that protective sort of vibe going on as well so he he knows that she would absolutely sort of take care of everybody everyone if needs be but i think he also knows that betty would do a bit as well because betty's always been sort of looking after the family hasn't she like again since the mother passed away you know she's usually the one that's well like oh dad you know don't drink coffee dad take your pills
0: so after all of this, Ignacio drops the bombshell that he actually knew Bianchi when he was a child. So, but he uses this to her advantages and calls him. And, you know, when they're on the phone, she says, oh, you know, we were at the same school. I live nearby. You know, we went, we probably went to the same kind of food places and everything's going great until she mentions Daniel, to which Bianchi immediately slams the phone down
1: ah shit
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so it, it, for a moment there um, it's sort of you know Daniel is proven right Yeah. because I, I don't think Betty totally sort of believed it did she that oh well you know he can't still have a grudge or ever and it was over Alex not Daniel but as soon as that name comes out then whoop bam down there we go and then she's like oh okay maybe Daniel was an exaggerating It's not
0: gonna be this easy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she tries to then definitely um you know, try and get a way around that. Um so which is when she finds Sal's diner, I think, as well. Or oh, yes. Sal's deli, sorry, South Delhi.
0: And on the way to Sal's deli, Betty reacts to a wolf whistle, um, but mm. then quickly realizes it was meant for a prostitute. I was like, Oh Betty
1: oh yeah she is um she it feels like that it you know she always maybe has like that you know sort of situation that people you know guys are not going to sort of wolf whistle over her even though i think that's kind of like degraded anyway <laughs> yes it, massively. But she obviously, it would it would i think please her just for a a second to think that somebody was doing that over her, but she turns around and, and there's there's the the i and like oh okay of course they <laughs> were we'll listening to her.
0: So um, we then go to Bradford's PI who finds uh, that face car is online for auction. It's going for mm-hmm. like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> um like wow people have like morbid fascination with this woman yeah
1: and it's just like it shows sort of how far people would go like for just the most ridiculous things just because they you know have a little bit of a claim to fame to them isn't it like just the you know I guess things like that happen all the time but really a, you know uh, a smashed up car (laughs) like come on I mean mean, let's be honest here
0: Let's be honest here, you and I have probably spent a fair bit of money on random stuff at Comic Cons, but uh, <laughs> you know, we certainly haven't considered spending tens of thousands of pounds on, on a on a used wrecked car, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I feel like I would have a bit of a <laughs> I you know, I would stop myself from going that far, I think, you know. Like you said, I, I think I've got some, you know, ridiculous things I could probably live without, but I <laughs> I would I would st- Stop at the point of a, of a smashed up car I think
0: <laughs> like could you imagine that? oh come on my house look in my garage look at this smashed up car it used to belong to Face Summers
1: <laughs> yeah. oh where am I going to put it <laughs>
0: like what a conversation starter or possibly conversation killer depending on how someone reacts to seeing that
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> pardon the pun
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh bless you <laughs> didn't even
0: realize you read that didn't even realize didn't even realize um so we then um go to mode and daniel's asking all the pretty girls for his opinions on the magazine um and he disregards betty's opinion once again being like you know betty leave it to people who know what they're actually talking about very demeaning very demeaning
1: Yeah, and and, you know, and with every like with Amanda as well, she sort of laughs because he said, you know, sort of putting Betty down basically. And then you know, Amanda laughs because it's just kind of like, well, of course, he's gonna do that because why would he listen to you, Betty? You might be his assistant, but what do you know?
0: But then I'll tell you exactly what Betty knows because (laughs) what does she know? (laughs) Well, let me tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now. (laughs) <laughs> Bianchi calls her up and he's like you know what I'll have lunch with you and Daniel um, so actually that's what Betty knows she knows Bianchi and she's got him to have a change of hat you know so yeah. take that Amanda
1: Yeah, shove that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, and all for the sake that all Betty did was send him a sandwich from Sal's Deli, for goodness sake. Like, you know, it wasn't even that hard. I'm not
0: going to lie, I would be very, very happy if anyone wants to send me a sandwich.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be lots of sandwiches in season two, and I cannot wait to discuss it.
0: Same. same. (laughs) But let's not get ahead of ourselves
1: let's um, not get ahead of
0: ourselves <laughs> because that's the topic we could both talk about for a long time yeah however let's talk about the fact that daniel's all like you know perhaps we could uh, both dress up a little you know um and you know christina then helps betty find an outfit for the dinner and you know she tells betty you know you are a real woman you aren't like these people here and Oh, Christina, I just love. Like Daniel is still not quite getting the whole, you know, be true to who you are thing yet. But Christina, I just love, is kind of like that anchor for Betty and she keeps her very grounded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and she, she's got a lot of brains, Christina. I mean, you know, she's, she, she just sees Betty for who she is and that she's, yeah, she's not like anybody else at that company and that's what makes her better. Like she, you know, she tries to basically talk her around a bit because, you know, Betty is at this point thinking, well, I just need to change everything about me because nobody takes me seriously. And Christine is trying to say, well, you know, you don't have to change who you are. But um, but obviously, I, I just don't think Betty is in, you know, she's not in that confident mind is she she's still thinking well appearance obviously means everything here
0: absolutely absolutely um so we then cut back to the Suarez household and Ignacio is a little concerned when he finds Betty looking in the mirror and he reassures her um and, and he's like you know you are beautiful um and in this conversation you know we learned that you know Betty never went to prom because no one would want to take her and You just get a sense that actually this is something Betty's had a struggle with her whole life, not just at mode.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, I can sort of relate to her on that one because I went through the same struggles at school, to be perfectly honest. Um, Just because I was the girl with the glasses and the acne. So, you know, I got made fun of like quite a lot in the school. So I definitely you know know how betty feels and luckily um i didn't have a prom anyway so i didn't have to go through that sort of heartache but mm. to be perfectly honest i don't think i would have gone because i know what would have happened so
0: yeah i, I totally get it you know i um don't get me wrong i had good friends in school but there also are many times when i felt like an outsider and very different to anyone else i think it's one of the reasons that perhaps you and i have gravitated towards this show so yeah. much you know it it, it you know, it celebrates individuality and it celebrates, you know, diversity and authenticity. And certainly when you look back on school, it's probably one of the mm-hmm. most judgmental periods of your life. And then when you leave school, you you know, those people you will soon realise mm-hmm. actually outside of school, you know, all that they thought was important means nothing, you know.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it definitely sort of still... I think scars you a little bit because yeah. you know that the, the, all of that stuff is going to stay with you um like for the rest of your life but you know it's just it, it matters more of about the who the person that you become later um but you know yeah I could like you said I had a, a small group of friends as well um and I, I know some people that actually had it you know quite a bit worse than me sort of being bullied and things but you know I had my fair share of it um you know uh, chewing gum in the hair type thing oh, wow. stuff being thrown at me on the bus and um, there was even a moment actually um I think I was in um must have been about 12 or 13 and we had uh PSE which is like few Americans it would have been well like a social social ed isn't it um and we were talking about bullying and there was like we had sort of some examples of people who were being bullied and I think one of the examples was um a girl who had glasses and acne and I could just hear the titters of people mm. around me and saying oh my god it's Tony is Tony and I'm just like really can we not and i'm just sitting there because i was so quiet in school like apart from my friends and if i was talked to by the teachers i wouldn't speak
0: yeah yeah because i had
1: such a bad time of it i
0: I can totally understand I, i can totally understand and i think you know it's a shame that more kids don't have parents like ignacio in their lives you know because you know certainly you know he gives Betty that boost and you know Mm -hmm. I think a lot of kids maybe don't have that as much now you know and I find that really sad I find that really really sad
1: yeah, I mean I I was sort of um especially lucky I think cuz you know yes. mom would tell me. I mean, you know, my mom she knows She
0: is a wonderful human being. She's a she wonderful is wonderful.
1: She, she she's crazy, but, but I love her. And anytime that I would come home crying and things, you know, she would tell me like she would tell me to like come on, you've just got to give give it back, you know, just pretend it, it doesn't matter. But she's also like at the point where she would be ready to get down that school, go to the teachers That's and get, right. you know, tell them what for and i would have to talk it down because i know that that it would make it worse your mom is fierce
0: your mom is fierce yeah. she's like
1: <laughs> i'm ready for these kids and i'm like no no you can't do that they'll just make fun of me more they'll bully me more like you can't do it but um, but no she was good and like like you said i don't think a lot of kids you know have that same sort of relationship with their parents and i, I find that really sad but anyone who does you know who does go through very that, very
0: lucky very lucky if you have that good. parent yeah
1: yeah because you know a, a lot of people don't feel confident enough to, to speak to their parents whereas right? usually i i would you know tell mum anything and i still do actually you know i still have that relationship with her
0: for all kids and parents listening speak to each other talk about your feelings take that away from this podcast today that's all I ask of you if anything you take away take that away
1: yeah because you know it's so important to have a great um sort of relationship with your parents whether you have two parents or like like myself I just had the one um and it's always important to have that relationship because once you know once they're gone you know you, you might regret things later, so
0: yeah, yeah.
1: come on, people.
0: Maybe <laughs> don't do what Hilda does though and book yourself <laughs> in for a makeover with <laughs> Choley. Mm-hmm.
1: No, yeah, let's get back to where I think we went a bit deep then, didn't we? Let's we, get
0: back to this. We went the deep, review. but this is our show, and you know, we're here to share everything with you guys. But Hilda takes Betty to Choley for a makeover. Whilst Wilhelmina, you know, goes to a professional stylist and we have, you know, Latin music playing as a montage shows the the extreme differences between, you know, Betty and Wilhelmina. Willie's, you know, very uh, relaxed and pampered and Betty's just there like having fun and living for life, you know. And uh, yeah, Choli's results on Betty is interesting, (laughs) to say the least.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're very much different makeovers, aren't they? Like, let's be honest. I mean, I love a good montage. I love this scene. You know, just the yeah. the differences there. You know, there's Wilhelmina being pampered with her champagne, you know, having this great sort of massage makeover session. And then <laughs> there's Betty at Cholice.
0: Like giggling away as she's the... having her feet done and <laughs>
1: I mean, to be honest, that would probably be me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It was great. But not so great for the makeover. But
0: yeah, you know, Amy I Winehouse think... style beehive. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what Betty would have gone for. But you work it, girl. <laughs> you work it. But <laughs> hey, yeah, she, I... get, she gets a wolf whistle out of it this time.
1: I mean, she does. I was just about to say that it actually makes her feel a bit more confident, even when they finish with a makeover and everybody's clapping and things. I think she does get a little bit confident. And then she's walking down the street, you know, Shakira's Hips Don't Lie is playing in the background. Yeah, one of my fave Um,
0: songs. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah, I do love that
1: song. (laughs) It's, you know, she gets that wolf whistle and she's so surprised and she's so happy and then I think coming out of this, um, a store, um, she doesn't notice them, but there's Walter and a guy and a guy is there saying, oh, well, she's hot. And then Walter's like, oh, my God, that's Betty. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You can just Take that, feel, Walter. You can just feel that. Oh, shit, what have I lost?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, and she exactly. also sees Bradford in the lift at work. <laughs> and uh, Bradford's expression on his face was just priceless.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just there at the minute, at that moment, isn't he? Like, sort of, like, not even caring. He's looking at his, his newspaper, and then it's Betty's like, hi, Mr. Moon. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay.
0: But then, you know, she things, looks different. things come crashing down, though, you know, because Mark <laughs> sees Betty as she breaks her heel, and, you know, he follows her and takes photos. And, oh, wow. you know, it's just like, oh, why you got to be like this, Mark? Yeah,
1: typical Mark. He's, oh, him and Amanda, honestly.
0: But then we get uh, Daniel getting a call transferred to him from Betty from the masked woman. And she's telling him about the uh, the salvage yard. Um, the, the scenes on the phone between the masked woman and Daniel are very similar in episode two and three. That did stand out to me. But I guess they really, really wanted to reinforce the way that she kind of taunts him and dangles and drip feeds this information.
1: Yeah. And that she clearly has information about his father that he doesn't. And, you know, she's saying, well, ask, ask your father about this salvage yard and see what his reaction is. And she doesn't even say much more than that, but you know, it plants the seed in his mind. Well, why, why is she asking me to find this out? What does she know about my father that I don't?
0: Quite a and, lot. And more Daniel. importantly, how? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. How do you know so much about Bradford Leeds, <laughs> Blask Lady?
0: So uh, Daniel then actually notices Betty's outfit and uh, I think it's safe to say he's a little taken back and shocked
1: mm-hmm yeah to the point that he um he does ask her to get a table at the back of the restaurant um i think he makes up some excuse that it'll be a bit more private or what have you but it is obviously due to the way that she looks
0: well we know like, what he's oh. getting at
1: yeah it's like oh daniel you're just showing that douchebagness again jesus we were just starting to like you
0: so after that, he Daniel calls a meeting, um, you know, so he's meeting with the board um, and Bradford and Wilhelmina both don't believe that Daniel can get Bianchi. They're both like, look, there's too much, you know, water under the bridge here and there's a lot of bad blood. It's just not going to work. And at the same time, Wilhelmina uses the meeting to get some jibes in at Betty to humiliate her. But what I love is that Daniel doesn't even have to think here. Uh, He intervenes immediately and kind of warns Wilhelmina off.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, um, although you've just seen him, you know, ask Betty to get a table at the back of a restaurant because of the way she looks, as soon as Wilhelmina is attacking her like that, he's like, ah, no, that's enough.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's al- it's it- almost a, it, like a, he knows that the behavior is too extreme but also it's like a no she's my betty kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And you know they they were trying I think you know trying to um make some good suggestions about making Maud a better mag- magazine and you know trying to um experience you know sort of a new look and go through its own makeover I guess. And then Wilmina comes in to humiliate betty at the same time and just say well you know makeover is good for some sort of indicating to herself and then but not for other things indicating to betty so you you know people know that she's not really talking about the magazine um per se but you know it's just and and betty knows as well and she's obviously
0: it's such a snide way isn't it you know you you can read between the lines um but Daniel is really great here because he actually goes and checks on Betty in the bathroom as she's taken off her makeup and he gives her a real pep talk um but it's just not working for Betty and she says you know I think you should take Amanda with me you know she kind of fits in and belongs in this world more than I do take her so then we cut to Daniel in the car and you know he expects Amanda to get in only to be met by Bradford
1: oh dear (laughs) <laughs> wasn't expecting that when what a lot of pressure there.
0: You know, Bradford's like, you know, I need to see what happens here because this is just too good to be true that you even meet him with him. I need to make sure you don't balls this up. Thanks, Dad.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, you know, maybe as well in Bradford's mind he wants to be there. So if um thinking that Daniel will fail, he'd be there to see him and be, you know, to Do the typical I told you so.
0: You know what just popped into my head now, which I hadn't thought about when I was taking notes, was maybe as well he wanted to be there to defend Alex's honour because maybe Daniel wouldn't if it Uh... became an argument about Alex. I never thought about that till right now.
1: No, I didn't. Hmm, Interesting theory. Yeah, because you could quite clearly see him sort of jump in to to do that whereas he wouldn't do that with daniel
0: correct correct now as this is happening mark uh, goes to see wilhelmina um because she's expecting to have a meeting with the senator we don't know who the senator is at this moment or why she's meeting and mark just says you know he's running late picking her up you know so bear with but then we cut to the uh the meal with Daniel, Bradford, Amanda and Bianchi and it's the first time we have Amanda use the word hola, hola.
1: <laughs> uh, you know well i even think walking into that place you know uh Vincent Bianchi quite clearly realizes that that is not Betty Suarez. She didn't even need to open her mouth.
0: This scene was hysterical both for the way that uh, Bianchi but also Bradford reacted to Amanda just like you know (laughs) (laughs) just everything the way she looked the way she spoke Uh, this this woman was not but Suarez
1: <laughs> Well yeah, even like sort of talking about school and the such and this teacher that they're talking about and he's like, Oh what you know, what's going on with this teacher? And like, Oh, uh, well
0: she died she died. <laughs> <laughs> Because um,
1: somehow I don't think Amanda took her into consideration that he would want to have a little chat with her about old times and back in the hood. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, you know, this woman who got him because they share a history and a background, you know, surely that wouldn't come up in conversation, Daniel. What are you thinking, man?
1: not at all but it goes from bad to worse because amanda does not have a clue about anything queens
0: (laughs) now before that is revealed we um see the senator actually meeting with wilhelmina where it's revealed he is actually her father and you can see that wilhelmina has the same parental judgment that daniel does because he's all like oh so you're still just a creative director and she's like yes daddy you know like it's not normal to see Wilhelmina being submissive to anyone um but clearly you know she and Daniel have more in common than maybe either would care to admit
1: yeah and I mean as well it's um it's interesting to see that obviously Wilhelmina is quite a bit older as well um, you know even though she wouldn't want to admit it and she's you know she's still got she's trying to still please her father then because she's made an effort to you know have a makeover to make the office up a bit you know um, to for it to be looking its best and she's thinking oh well this might be a, a really nice meeting and then he, the first thing that he sort of comments on oh, I see you're still creative director and it's kind of just that underwhelming feeling of oh well I'm still not good enough then
0: and I think it's one of the first times in in the series that we kind of get that aspect of Wilhelmina that's humanized and that she's not just a caricature or a you know one-dimensional bitch character that you know she's got her own baggage too and obviously we learn a lot more about Willie as the show goes on but this is kind of the first um toe in the water into exploring that Mm -hmm.
1: Exactly. So um, you, you don't see much of it, but it's it's a glimmer there to, to start us off and thinking, OK, well, there's a bit more to Wilmina than we didn't know before.
0: Now, back at the restaurant, Daniel admits that Amanda isn't Betty. You know, he comes clean and thankfully Betty turns up uh, because she realised Daniel didn't have the folder that he needed. Um, you know, she has a be- very Betty entrance and you know, instantly you can see Bianchi's kind of taken by her and like, yeah, this is the girl I was expecting. Um and you know, Daniel really praises Betty and you know, her work ethic and you know, who she is as a person. And he holds his hands up and he admits, you know, I've messed up and I'm nothing like Alex and I never will be, you know, and that takes guts and I think he's learned that from Betty.
1: Yeah, yeah, he really has. And he, he continues to learn things from her as well, um, which changes him as a person. Um, but, you know, at least he admitted his uh, his mistakes. And it, it wasn't as if, um, you know, that Bianchi was going to sort of really go off and want about it either. Because he'd already figured out, for goodness sake. That yeah, he, he was Amanda clearly entertaining
0: the, the farce at this point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, it just shows as well that not everybody um, sort of in that industry sort of cares about appearance, although most people do. But he very clearly doesn't because he knew what he was expecting Betty to look like. And he wasn't, you know, sort of bothered by her at all. He was right. disappointed.
0: Now... Daniel obviously kind of was like, Oh well, I have well and truly blown this. And back at mode, you know, Daniel praises um Betty again and um Bradford comes into the office and says, actually, Bianchi's accepted the job as long as he answers to only Daniel and quote, no other blowhards. <laughs> <laughs> um And Bradford congratulates Daniel. He actually does say, you know, well done. You know, you've stepped up. You handled this well. And Daniel takes this opportunity to ask Bradford about the scrapyard. And Bradford very shiftily just denies all knowledge.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not sure if this stage as well that Daniel realises that he's lying. I think probably he has an inkling that you know something is not quite right because obviously this woman you know didn't get this information from out of thin air did she there's a reason that she asked him to to check in on that but you know Bradford is denying air at all ends well I, I don't know I haven't got a clue never been there and right, you're like, oh, okay, Bradford. Maybe you want to <laughs> keep an eye on these things now. Yes,
0: yes. Start getting uh, everything in order, dude, because it's all gonna come out in the wash. Um. So Daniel's thrilled. You know, his dad's proud of him. He's got uh Bianchi on board to take the job. But you know who isn't happy about this? Tony is Wilhelmina.
1: Oh God, I wonder why. <laughs>
0: I loved this scene. You just see her so enraged, smashing up her office. And it's just the way that Mark, like, gently tiptoes in and picks up the vase of flowers and slowly removes it. Oh, my gosh. Hysterical stuff.
1: Because <laughs> it's the fact that she, like, has the call, and then she's like, he's, oh, no, he, he, they sent an email, didn't they? Because he asked Bertie to send an email around to say that they got Bianchi. And then she's like, he, got him then she just <laughs> literally just lets loose on everything is smashing up her entire office like a rock star smashing up a yeah. hotel and, <laughs> and there's what? mark like oh my god the flowers
0: <laughs> uh, you know what i wish i was as rich as willis because i think everyone needs to do that <laughs> at least once in their job just smash everything up i know there have been times in other jobs where i have wanted to do that <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I think there's actually places that you can go. I'm
0: sure I yes, saw this
1: somewhere. I've
0: heard of this, these anger rooms.
1: Yeah, with well, these experiences where you could just go to a place and smash up a, a lot of, like, you know, like, glass or wherever. Like, kind of like that scene in Zombieland when they go <laughs> to the shop and they smash up everything. I would love to do that.
0: I, I, I say, <laughs> let's wherever. dress up in white and make it happen. <laughs> yeah
1: let's do it because honestly like i would just like to take my anchor out of a lot of breakable objects a lot so that would be great that'd be a good day out let's do that
0: <laughs> so um betty goes home for family dinner at the end of the episode and you know ignacio praises her on what she's achieved um but betty also thanks hilda you know and you know she's like you know, thank you, Hilda, for making me have confidence in myself. And, you know, I really loved that it was a shared family victory. You know, Ignacio knew about Bianchi. Hilda gave Betty confidence and Betty landed the contract. They did it as a family unit. And to celebrate, mm-hmm. Betty does the dance mat with Justin. And can I just say, maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself and this should have been in whole hour or no, but at this point, I'm not convinced Justin's fashion is on point yet. It's not that high end as it later becomes. Just something I noticed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, although he, um, you know, watches the fashion TV and is up with old mode and things like that. Um, yeah, at this point, he's just sort of like a young lad, isn't he? And mm-hmm. It's definitely a bit later on when he gets a, a little bit more stylish Bless him.
0: So, Tony, I've got to ask you, favourite moment of the episode?
1: Well, you know what? I'd actually written down sort of the um, the montage makeover scene because you know me, I love a good montage. But thinking back on it, I think it's just that scene with willowita
0: swashing up. Yeah, it, it was my favourite too. It was mine. It makes me laugh every single time. It's, you can feel <laughs> the rage exuding from yeah. her, and it's just
1: Mark it's just mark coming in and taking out the flowers and walking back out so yeah i'm gonna say that
0: and i will say you have great taste it was my favorite too (laughs) so going from taste to trivia it's time for another segment of tony's trivia
1: Yes, so um, like last week I didn't have um, a huge amount of facts I couldn't find a whole lot unfortunately IMDB and wiki sort of failed me again How dare you Boo-hoo. Um <laughs> <boo>. <laughs> And I think that if I don't, sort of going forward If I don't try to find a whole lot about the episodes I think I may even just try and find some out about a particular uh, actor in the show or something like that so if that that's something cool. that people would like to hear um i would be more than willing to do that just because you know if there's not a whole lot in the episode going i need to fill tony's trivia with absolutely something here so <laughs> i'll um i'll try and take a uh sort of a different route with them, maybe going going forward but um but yeah so the first thing i want to mention and it's something that you already know about ben because <laughs> we discussed mm. this in length mm. is that on the um, the DVD box set uh, some of you may realise that there was a little bit of a cock up and
0: that <laughs> I realised this after making me. my notes
1: <laughs> <laughs> you were so enraged <laughs> it was the message that I got I'm like oh my god I've watched this episode and it was the wrong one <laughs> 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 um so yes yeah, so that the box set coxer up and put um queens for a day as episode two and uh the Box and the Bunny is episode three. So you'd very much have to look at um IMDb or something to, to realize unless you realized from when it first did that if you did, you have a very good memory. Very good memory. <laughs> that it was the other way around. Although I think in the recaps, so in Queen's... For a day, there were re- there was the recap at the beginning, which did have scenes from the Box and the Bunny, which I think Ben, you which clearly <laughs> I must have, have fast forwarded con- <laughs> through. <laughs> because when I asked you, and you were like, "No, there's not, there's no, there's nothing," and then when I watched them, I like, "What are you talking about? There was."
0: But then when I went back to actually watch Box and the Bunny, to my to my uh, fairness, it did list Box and the Bunny as episode three, so <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm going with. <laughs>
1: yes. So if if people in future if you haven't figured it out yet for goodness sakes watch the box and the bunny first because otherwise you you'll think you've missed a step
0: i guess i guess we should just take a, a moment here to just talk about our next episode uh, episode four <laughs> we're going to be <laughs> discuss yeah we're going to be <laughs> discussing the episode swag uh you want to fill the audience in on why this is the case tony
1: yeah i mean i will probably talk about more about this um uh, next time as well but uh so basically this was um used i think much later in the season maybe around episode 13 or something like that um where it was used as a flashback episode um so i think when it first aired, they must have had um scenes with betty and christina sort of having discussions and then use that episode to sort of flashback to that moment whereas on the box set they decided to go in a completely different route and um, take out those scenes with betty and christina and um just have it as its own standalone episode and just filmed it that bit that bit differently or showed it that bit differently um so yeah so we don't go into um face sleigh ride For the next episode people it will be it will be swag so just as a heads up we're just going to be watching that as the box set is telling us because otherwise we will be in a bit of a sticky wicket if not
0: indeed indeed
1: um okay so um something else i noticed and i didn't even realize because obviously um you know i watched betty you know i've I've watched betty quite a few times over the years um but i did not realize that the guy who played um vincent bianchi um was played by a, a gentleman called uh reese and i don't know if i'm pronouncing this cr- correctly Cairo, reese Cairo, and okay. he was in a few episodes um in season nine of the walking
0: dead did you I realize that i didn't know this I no. did not know this.
1: I saw I M D B in him when I was having a look, and he uh, sort of came up saying The Walking Dead as a character called Jed. And I was like, who the hell was he in The Walking Dead? Because, listeners, uh, you must know that me and Ben are really big Walking Dead fans. Indeed.
0: So, um, Indeed.
1: you know, I've watched the show sort of from back to front of most seasons, but fortunately, I don't... <laughs> Uh, thinking about it i don't think that i've gone back and rewatched season nine that much yet no, so i didn't still fairly yes yeah, so um so he was um a savior called jed and after sort of um i don't know if people have watched the walking dead and if i'm spoiling anything and if i am I if mean, you are sorry.
0: forward one minute and we'll be on <laughs>
1: yeah exactly or on your head be it um but he um after sort of Negan's takedown and everything um he was sort of in that group of saviour so they were sort of going out on their own and then um sort of Carol and um oh my god henry that's his name henry <laughs> <laughs> sort of come come across them and um i can't remember exactly what happens but i just know that uh, they do sort of carol wrong and when you do carol wrong
0: y- only one thing happens with that yeah. woman
1: yeah so uh so yeah she um she burnt him alive do you remember that I sort of remembered when I read about it that she did that that I does thinking, ring oh God, a, that does ring
0: courtesy. a bell I must admit that does ring a bell but I would never have yeah I would never have put it no. together
1: no honestly I had to um do quite a bit of research I'm I'm sort of ashamed of myself that I you know I didn't realize I mean your walking was, dead, dead knowledge is quite walked...
0: encyclopedic I must point yep. this out for honestly
1: I was ashamed of myself. Then <laughs> I was like, "What's happening to me?" <laughs> but um, but to be fair, um, looking at pictures of his character, he did not look like he did in *Ugly Betty*. So I'm, i fair, you fair. know, it's not surprising that I didn't realise who he was. <laughs> so um, so yes, um, we've already established that we had "Hips Don't Lie" by uh, Shakira in the in the episode and um people probably already realized this but it was sort of that song was kind of taken from an earlier version of that song which was also by uh Wycliffe Jean uh who I think featured in the Shakira version anyway and and the original I think featured somebody called Claudette Ortiz sorry Claudette Ortiz um and I actually remember that song um, being used in Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. Um don't know if you've seen that movie, but it, it is I actually quite good. I yeah, I mean, you know, it's obviously not as good as the original Dirty Dancing, but, you know, it's got a very different storyline, and I actually really, really like it. Um I tell you who's in it. Is um Diego
0: Luna. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's where I was first made aware of him, actually. So, um, so yeah, that, that is a really good movie. And it actually featured in there. So when Shakira brought out that song, that is where I remembered it from.
0: I, I must admit, I didn't actually know it was a cover. So uh, you've taught me something there.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, because, you know, Wycliffe Sean obviously features in both versions of yes. the song anyway. Yeah. So Hips do nice was sort of, you know, it had bits and points of that song in it or wherever but um but yeah um so check it out um the uh, original song was called dance like that
0: so um
1: yeah check it out it's a really good version actually
0: fantastic
1: um yeah and keeping on sort of the music theme as well um we had sort of some music from not just uh Shakira but some other sort of popular artists as well um the Pussycat Dolls and Rihanna which I didn't actually quite realize when I was watching the episode it was only sort of when I was looking at after
0: yeah I can't say I picked up on that to be honest
1: no and I'm not sure how I mean sort of um I don't very much do today music if I'm completely honest but um but um I think the Pussycat Dolls song that was featured was Buttons and I don't know how I didn't realize that as I was watching it but But yeah, so I was quite surprised they had quite some popular artists. um, That's one thing
0: I would give for this show. Their soundtrack is excellent, both Jeff Mm. Beal's score and the music that they use.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's always sort of like, um, you know, quite surprising when you go back and watch it as well, isn't it? Because you don't always remember um, sort of, um, you know the songs that were used and such so it was quite nice to to go back and listen to that because i think music is such a um important feature in sort of films and tv so i
0: couldn't agree more couldn't agree more
1: yeah so and um lastly um i as i was having a look on wiki um i think at the time of airing entertainment weekly um sort of reviewed the episode that it, um that it was the best episode to date so obviously at that time it was only episode three anyway um but um but they gave it an excellent review um and it was due to and i quote from the article that there were so many zippy one-liners and juicy sex details
0: oh, tony you placed that trivia as if it was a segue into our next section
1: Oh well, I, I like to try my best.
0: <laughs> you know, um, let let's just say Entertainment Weekly is bang on the money there because there were a lot of great quotes in um, in this episode. Um, do you want to start with one of yours that stood out for you?
1: Well, I've got um, one actually. Um which is not really a funny quote or anything but um it was by hilda when um her and betty were having that little chat um about sort of change and she uh, hilda says to betty you know betty these people are never going to change you Mm. have to and i thought that was quite sort of hard hitting really that you know she's she's sort of saying to betty well you know you have to do this if you want to fit in."
0: yeah it was a, it was a really powerful moment it it, it really was so i'm going to throw um two amanda lines out there it's it's near the beginning when amanda's in the lift with betty and um she's taught in betty and it is horrible what she says but it's just the way she says it that really tickles me so first she's like oh don't you look sweaty <laughs> and then she was like we missed you at the party last night what happened Sale at the 99 cent store. <laughs> I was like, oh girl, that's so mean.
1: Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points for the bitchiness. <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm gonna stick to some of the more funnier quotes and I've got um a Mark and Wilhelmina one here. Yes. And it's when um Wilhelmina is getting ready. Uh, to go to an event. And I think I've just clicked. We were having a conversation before we started, Ben. That you'd made a note about some sort of an event with Mark and Wilhelmina. And it has just clicked to my mind now that she was getting herself ready and she had sort of a ribbon because it was a breast cancer yes, event. Yes. And the quote that I've got here is: it uh, starts with Mark. Um, because it's, I think she's wearing um, a purple ribbon. Yeah. So he says, I thought breast cancer was pink. To which Wilmina replies, It is, but Alzheimer's went better with the outfit. <laughs> 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 and I really shouldn't laugh. Oh my God, it's typical Wilhelmina. Like,
0: like, we're not laughing at the illnesses, but that is no. just such typical Willy. But <laughs> you, my next quote was literally. A couple of lines before this moment, it says, Willie's getting ready in the mirror, and Mark says, Two words, Fabu. <laughs> yes.
1: <Yeah. laughs> yes. He doesn't even finish the word, for goodness <laughs> sake. It's just Fabu.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, dear.
1: Um, and there was also, like, I've put down sort of memorable moments as well. And I think just after that one, um, Wilhelmina exits and Mark picks up one of her awards and he sort of in with <laughs> yes. it. And then she barks her typical Mark <laughs> and he runs off.
0: <laughs> I um, I also have on here um, Hilda Tabetti, um regarding Ignacio and who is his favourite. She says... Look, you're right up there between Tito Puente and his nose hair clippers. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved that line. I just loved that line so much.
1: Uh well, like like Entertainment Weekly said they're zippy. They are zippy. <laughs> um um do you so have any more? I'm gonna I'm gonna Yeah, I do. So I'm gonna take one from Christina actually. Um where her and Betty are I mean that heart to heart, and she's you know talking about of the clothes and everything, and she says, Since when do you want to look like one of them? They're not even real. Real women snort when they laugh, they've got fat asses, wobbly upper arms and get PMS. And I'm like, Yes, Christina.
0: Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> yes.
0: One of my
1: That's what us women are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't objectify the women <laughs> celebrate their curves. <herbs. laughs> do it yes. um,
1: and they're snorting when they're laughing
0: <laughs> I, I've got to go for an Ignacio quote now um, you know <laughs> Betty reveals she was cast as a rock in her school play and Ignacio, oh my god I don't know what you're going to say Ignacio, that's with, <laughs> Ignacio with such a straight face goes you were a really terrific rock <laughs> Even Betty's not buying it yeah. at this point.
1: I know. Like, oh, bless Ignacio. He's trying to make her feel better. But who wants to be told that they were a really terrific rock? <laughs> bless him. I've got, um, so there was a couple from Mark that I got, that when he takes that picture of Betty and he walks off and he's like, think I just found my new screensaver. <laughs> And then, not long afterwards, um, when Wilhelmina comes in, and he's like, "Did you see her?" Yet? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did you see her yet? Yes, I did. And it looks like it looks as if queens throw up. <laughs>
0: yes, I had that written down too. That's such a great line. <laughs> I I actually um, had one from Betty to Mark written down, um, and it says uh, he tries to steal a folder from her, and Betty's like. I can't hit your boss, but I can hit you. And everyone knows I'm from Queens, so I will do it.
1: Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did have to. I didn't have the full quote down, but I've just got her shouting at Mark and threatening him because she was from Queens. So it's like, yes, Bertie, you, you do that. <laughs> um, the last one I have actually is um, is when well, it was a conversation between Daniel and Bradford when Bradford gets into the car, and know how we were talking about I think last week where Bradford does some great one-liners. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he gets into the car, um, or is about to. The door opens and Daniel is like, "Well, it's about time. How long does it take to put on makeup?" And then Bradford guessing and said, "Well, I also had to fix my hair." <laughs>
0: Like, honest to God, Allendale has such great comic timing. I don't know how I never picked up on this.
1: I know. I really don't know how I didn't realise how funny Bradford could be. Like, not hilarious, but some of the one-liners. He's just so
0: dry. And I'm actually going to finish with a Bradford quote as well. Oh, yes. Um, So it's just as Betty crashes dinner, Bradford slowly turns to Daniel and just says, I can't imagine why you thought she wouldn't fit in. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Oh, Bradford, the dryness
0: (laughs) We will miss him later on, that's all I'm saying
1: Oh, bless him
0: (laughs) Tony, are you ready for a game of everyone's favourite new game show?
1: I am always ready for this, I'm ready
0: Let's do it, let's play Ho La or Ho No (laughs)
1: Okay, so the first one I've got is uh, Wilhelmina's Court um, at the party at the beginning. Um, so it was sort of beige coloured with like a white fur lining and gold and silvery engravings. And, you know, it's Wilhelmina. So I went with the whole art because I thought it was a really sort of really pretty court and just the engravings and things on it, just the patterns. It was very sort of fine, you know, but um, you could see that they were there. And it was it was very Wilhelmina.
0: Yeah, I, I've got to agree. Um, it's got to be a whole laugh from me. You know, I, I think Willie always looks immaculate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to throw a whole laugh for Wilhelmina of my, for my own choice. Uh, it's when she's talking to Bradford at mode and she's got this very low cut white dress on. She's got white stilettos. Her hair is like backcombed and she's got like these big uh, gold earrings on. I just think she looked such a boss there. Um mm. so it was a hola from me. Cool.
1: Yeah, I'll um I'm having sort of a hard time trying to picture it, but um i I'll probably w- would go with a whole lot because like you said, she usually does look immaculate. So hola, let's give her a hola. Um I've got a Hilda one um where it was a white top with splashes of different colors which could could have been sort of flowers and leaves um pink trousers with like a silvery um heart chained belt um and I've actually given this a whole no so I'm I think it was due to sort of the colors of the of the top I think that I've given that so unfortunately I've given it a whole no
0: yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Hono as well. I, I, I love Hilda, but some of her fashion choices are just so questionable.
1: Yeah, there was there was just too much colouring going on, I think, and too much clashing. So no,
0: just no. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there right now. I think everyone's expecting it. We have to talk about glammed up Betty, with her leather jacket, yeah. with gold sequins on the zip. Uh, she's got this really bold, garish print top. She's got a gold handbag, red heels, like this green, I don't know what it is, snake skin, crocodile skin kind of skirt. Long red nails, pink lipstick and a Amy Winehouse hair with big gold hoop earrings and a lot of blusher and the trademark Betty necklace. I really want to love it. I really want to love it. I'm glad she has the confidence to wear it, but it has to be a whole No
1: yeah yeah i said the exact same and i think some of those things maybe with different like some parts of the outfit if they were with something different might have actually worked like maybe if she'd had the jacket with you know something a bit more cash um even i maybe maybe even the top could have worked with something else but maybe like the the actual sort of splashes of the colors should have been a bit smaller rather than like the sort of huge boldness that they were it could have it could have worked if it looked slightly different or you know if it maybe maybe if the top had been on somebody else yeah. <laughs> but um it certainly didn't work with all of those things put together it didn't work on betty so i'm gonna have to say no have you got
0: um,
1: any more yeah i've got uh mark Mark one here, which was a green shirt, blue and gold tie, yes. um sort of grey sweater vest with like a black outlining.
0: I and had the I too. went with
1: yeah, and I gave it a whole lot.
0: Yes, I'm also gonna give this a whole lot. I thought yeah. it was a really sleek look. It was like a pale lime green kind of shirt. I really liked the you know like the sleeveless vest jumper. i Thought it looked really nice. The tie wasn't too garish um also Max' makeup game is quite on point as well i'd noticed in this like i'd never picked up how much makeup he actually wore until i've re it this time <laughs> uh, um but yeah i thought it was a solid look i really liked it
1: mm. yeah same and yeah i had another mark look as well which was um black shirt and trousers and like an orange jumper and um, which i gave a whole lot i think if correct me if i'm wrong but i think the orange was um you know sort of quite bright but i think it sort of worked on him so it was very simple but yeah it was another whole lot for me
0: i'll go whole lot too i think mark's got some uh some really great tastes there um so that's all my choices you got any more for us tony
1: yeah so i'm gonna um go with this, something a bit different because I don't think I've given a Daniel outfit yet because he pretty much wears similar things. Uh-huh. But this one sort of stuck out for me that it was um, a pink and white thin striped shirt with um, sort of um, like a, a really daring tie which was sort of um, light and dark green with sort of gray and black and there was large they were in large stripes um and there was black trousers and it was just a whole no because the the pink and white thin stripes on the shirt did not go with the large striped sort of light yeah. and dark green sort of gray and black tie it just clashed ridiculously I, i'm
0: i'm going to have to agree with this it was a whole no for me and you know what i'm starting to think like was fashion just more hideous than we remembered in the noughties, or you know, because there are some questionable choices in some of the mode characters,
1: yeah? I mean, you know, especially from someone like Daniel who pretty much wears similar things. So, I that's why I haven't like outlined a Daniel outfit yet because you know, they just sort of you know, he always looks fairly good, you know, but yeah. it's, it's similar things. But th- all there's the nothing
0: type. that's really like memorable like Mark. or individual yeah not like mac let's just be honest
1: <laughs> <laughs> but this one it was just it was so incredibly bad that i was like why are you mixing stripes here like for god's sakes man like jesus like if you want a, th- a thinly striped shirt why are you going with a largely striped tie which is completely different in color what are you doing you work for a fashion magazine For
0: Christ's sakes. Yeah, I can't believe Christina never called him out on it or that, you know, Willie or Mark didn't make a jibe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe they thought it was good. You know, I know there's a considerable sort of... uh, sense in fashion that you know people think the things are great which i don't agree with like mm. all of you know sort of the main...
0: bold is beautiful really mm. okay mm.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean all of like the um the major sort of uh, like fashion designers and such i just don't get it like i watch sort of the red carpet events for like the major film and tv award shows and i'm like people what are you thinking <laughs>
0: Yes, some people are, are very questionable when it comes to their fashion sense. But one thing I will say about the Betty cast is ever since this show, they have had real great fashion taste in real life.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't say I, I, anything is sort of sticking out in my mind. And I haven't looked a whole, at a whole lot of them sort of on social media or anything. My, what's sticking but out
0: in my mind is Michael Uwe, um at the Met Gala.
1: Oh my god, yeah, that just completely flung back in my mind. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until you just said...
0: That was revolutionary and garish in the right way.
1: Was that last year?
0: I think it may have been. I think it may have been.
1: Yeah. It it was the one that was the the down-the-middle thing, yeah?
0: Yes, half male, half female, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I loved it.
0: Very great concept. Yeah. Well, Tony without further ado that brings us to the end of the episode we've made it once again
1: i know and what a great episode i mean i loved discussing this i had a great time i don't
0: know about you yeah honest to god we've covered some really great bases in this and we went a little deep and we've had a lot of humor and some great memories and we've learned a thing or two along the way too i've thought it's been a blast
1: yeah, I mean, I I dread thinking about the time that we spent on this because I'm I'm guessing it's going to have to be cut down.
0: <laughs> yes, if <laughs> it's going to have b- such a
1: great time. Will it be
0: another feature length special? Who knows? But we hope <laughs> no. that we hope that you guys listening are having as great a time as we are. And just remember we're doing this for you and if you've got any feedback or anything you'd like to hear on the show or any tips or recommendations uh, as long as it's not stop uh then please do get in touch <laughs> yeah, with us. because we're
1: going to keep going whether you like it or not <laughs> yes, we yes we <laughs> are
0: yes we are
1: dedicated to the four seasons here people
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so even if it's for just us we're going to keep doing it so but yeah please do leave us a review um i think we got some socials going on now as well
0: yes we
1: so we've got our twitter which is hola betty pod yes okay. yes yeah. yes good i'm glad i remembered that
0: so yeah give us a follow um give us a review on the podcast apps and until next time adios
1: adios